Please open your Bibles to the book of Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, beginning at verse 7. Colossians 4, 7. The Apostle Paul writing here to the church at Colossae, All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is my beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. He's coming, Paul says, with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. This character, Tychicus, is called a faithful minister. I'd like to speak to you tonight on the subject, faithful to God. Faithful to God. Now in the month of August, our messages, both sermons and Wednesday night Bible studies, were focused on the faithfulness of God to us. We learned over and again that God is faithful to His people. I'll not take time to review what I've done previously and all the messages are archived on various platforms for you to go back and encourage your faith and increase your faith in God, the faithfulness of God. But several weeks ago as I pondered this month, the month of September, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about the right response to the faithfulness of God. Because God has been faithful to us, we in turn should strive to be faithful to God. We are called to be faithful to Him. Faithfulness is a characteristic of God's divine nature. God is trustworthy or true to His Word. Honesty is also a component of faithfulness in the life of a person. Being morally upright is related to our faithfulness. And faithfulness to God is rewarded along the road of life and especially at the end of our lives. Faithfulness or trustworthiness that we would demonstrate in our lives. Now there are many famous faithful people in the Bible. And by famous I mean we know quite a bit about them. We have maybe full length stories on their lives. There is faithful Abraham. And Moses, whom the Bible said, was faithful in all of his house. There's David, who was the man after God's own heart. And we could all name many faithful people. And then there are also less known, somewhat obscure heroes in Bible history. Their faithfulness contributed to the success of the kingdom of God, but maybe very little is known about them or much is, not much is said about them. And one of those people are this individual I read about tonight named Tychicus. Now that is the right pronunciation of his name, although I'm always tempted to say Tychicus, but Tychicus. Tychicus is mentioned five times in the New Testament. You'll find his name also mentioned at the end of the letters of Ephesians and Colossians as the man who delivered those epistles. He's an Asiatic Christian. He's a friend and a companion of the Apostle Paul. The first mention of him in these passages occurs and tells us that he's one of the company uh, that is with Paul. 
as Paul closed his third missionary journey. He was returning from Greece through Macedonia into Asia with a view to go on to Jerusalem. And this journey proved to be Paul's last missionary journey before he was apprehended and then imprisoned. And so it was felt both by himself and his friend of close companions who traveled with him that this journey was especially important. Paul spoke about his desire to go to Jerusalem in Acts 20, 22, that he felt bound in his spirit. But there was another reason they were going back to Jerusalem. As they traveled and ministered, they had collected offerings from Gentile churches that were taking back They were taking them back to the poor saints in Jerusalem. So Paul has no fewer than eight close companions that are accompanying him on this missionary journey. And one of these men is named Tychicus. Now Luke, or Tychicus, see there I did it. Luke uh, tells us in Acts chapter 20 verse 4 that Tychicus, Tychicus is from Asia. He was with Paul at Troas and evidently journeyed with him as one in Paul's company in Acts chapter 21 and ate all the way to Jerusalem. And then the second and third times that Tychicus is mentioned uh, occurs in his writings to Colossians and Ephesians. This is during Paul's first imprisonment in Rome. And it's our text tonight where Colossians gives us a little more insight into this man. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts with Onesimus. And this is an interesting side note about Onesimus that I can't get to tonight, but why he was there and Philemon and the entire book of Philemon. Anyway, he said, Onesimus is one of you and they will make known unto you all the things that are done here. So they're going to find out what's going on there and they're going to tell you what's going on here from Rome. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 20 through 22, Paul uses almost the same words. Paul, some people believe that these epistles were written in close proximity, time-wise to one another and that these uh, similar words, very similar words, were penned about the man who would carry the epistle of the Ephesians or to the Ephesians and the epistle to the Colossians, this man Tychicus. He would be the man taking the epistle so these churches could read it. Now the Apostle Paul describes this relatively obscure man in some very glowing terms. He is a faithful brother. He's a, excuse me, a beloved brother. He's a faithful minister. He's a fellow servant in the Lord. And we'll see in this writing, Colossians, Ephesians, and Timothy and Titus, that he's a trusted man to represent Paul, somewhat of an ambassador. He will hand deliver these handwritten epistles. What if Tychicus had not been faithful and we had lost the book of Ephesians or lost the book of Colossians. Now I know maybe you think that couldn't happen, but they were preserved because of a faithful man named Tychicus, hand-delivering the epistles to the Colossians and the Ephesians. So he emphatically emphasizes to the Colossians, or uh, when he gets there, they're going to listen. He's going to listen. He's going to hear how they're doing. He'll relate that later to Paul. 
When he hears how they're doing, he will comfort their hearts. All of this is in the writing. And then he'll let them know how the apostle Paul is doing. Prisoner in Rome, his appeal to Caesar. He's going to share that information back and forth. So you can see that Tychicus is entrusted by Paul in a very, very important mission. He delivers this circular, circular letter that will be read in all the churches and giving a copy of it to the church of Laodicea, which is mentioned there. This book of Ephesians does not contain any personal greetings. There's only one name of a person mentioned in Ephesians, and that is this man Tychicus, the bearer of the letter. So that's pretty significant that he would be named. After he would go to Ephesus, Tychicus was then to go on and proceed to Colossae and deliver that separate epistle to the church there, all penned by the hand of Paul. Now, in Colossae, uh, Tychicus would plead the cause of Onesimus who had accompanied him from Rome. Onesimus, you may remember, was a runaway slave. He belonged to Philemon. Philemon now had become a believer. Onesimus was converted by the Apostle Paul. In prison, he sends him back to to his slave owner, Philemon, but it would be Tychicus who tries to entreat Philemon to receive him as a brother. There's going to be a letter, but Tychicus is there. So this is a very interesting side note about Tychicus, Philemon, Onesimus, and these epistles being read in these churches. How are things going there in Ephesus and Colossae? And let me tell you about Paul, who means so much to all of us. He would kind of relate all of this information back and forth. And then in the books of uh, Titus and then the books of Timothy, uh, Tychicus is mentioned again to Titus and Timothy. We see him again with Paul. And there's uh, after Paul has appealed to the emperor and regained his freedom for a season, uh, there's a relationship between these young ministers who are serving under the tutelage of the Apostle Paul in his first and second imprisonments. And he writes to Titus, who's in Crete. And Titus, you know, the Apostle Paul said, For this cause, I left you on Crete, this city where he would establish 80 to 90, or churches in every city, 80 to 90 cities. So Titus is there, and uh, Tychicus is going to go there and basically relieve him. So this is a very interesting thing as well. It seems like uh, Tychicus is that man who's kind of a, a, a utility player. He can listen, he can preach and teach. He's kind of an interim pastor for Titus and Timothy in the churches where they pastor. And at the end, not long uh, uh, before Paul's execution, in 2 Timothy, Tychicus is mentioned again. Paul is very busy in the gospel, ministering, He has his friends beside him, but he is more interested in the kingdom of God and the people that he's trying to establish in the churches where he had preached. And Paul wanted to go where there was nothing and start a church in the middle of pagan people or maybe where there was only a Jewish synagogue. He was an apostle, a founder, a church planter. So he sends these trusted friends. He certainly needs their fellowship in his imprisonment. But he sends his friends to go help the progress in the work. Tychicus 
is a faithful minister, being faithful to God. And when you hear this personal tone of the Apostle Paul when he writes about the people who had surrounded him, 2 Timothy 4, 10-12, Paul says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And he's departed unto Thessalonica. Crescens to Galatia. Titus has gone till Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him uh, with thee, for he is profitable to me in the ministry. John Mark, who had defected at one point, you know, left them. Now he comes back and he's profitable. This is a very interesting verse. But then look at verse 12. Antichicus have I sent to Ephesus. So Paul mentions Tychicus to Timothy to let him know that he has gone on this special mission. While it looks like Demas, not looks like, Demas has forsaken him. We're not really sure about Crescens. It seems that he's gone and Titus is on some mission work and only Luke, the physician, is there with Paul. He wants Mark to come, but he has sent Tychicus on this special mission to the important church at Ephesus. So Timothy was in charge of the church in Ephesus. Antichicus would come and relieve him so he could rejoin the Apostle Paul in Rome. So, you know, here is Tychicus with Paul, and you can hear Paul saying, you know, Tychicus, I really want you to go to Ephesus. I want to see, I want to see Timothy, my son, in the gospel. And there seems to be no hurt feelings. There's no rivalry there. Tychicus obediently goes to Ephesus and allows uh, you know, Timothy to go be with the Apostle Paul. And while he's in Ephesus, there's the possibility that Tychicus could visit his old friend Trophimus, who Paul said, I've left at Miletus sick. And that's a very interesting personal note. So the character of this man Tychicus is pretty amazing. Faithful, worthy of the confidence of the Apostle Paul. He's the kind of man that you can trust to send on a trip and know he's going to do a very good job. Paul says of him in Colossians 4 and 7, All my state, how I'm doing, shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a faithful brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. In the first century Roman Empire, personal friends and co-workers of a letter writer would often deliver that mail from one person to another. This custom was introduced by Caesar Augustus and it was designated that the courier could go deliver a letter but then he could answer any questions that the recipients might have of the sender. So the custom of sending someone to hand deliver a letter like Tychicus did for Paul at Ephesus in Colossae was very important. He's a fellow minister of the Apostle Paul. He is a substitute when Paul could not go in person. And the Apostle Paul, this prisoner in chains, unable to go, had someone that he could trust. The faith would not be threatened. He knows that he can trust Tychicus, a trusted ambassador who would represent the Apostle Paul. This man Tychicus, I will confess, I don't remember ever hearing a sermon or lesson about him. And in my ministry, I, I don't believe I've ever taught on him. Although 
I knew a little bit about him. He's certainly not famous, but he was faithful. And the reason I'm focusing on this obscure Bible character tonight is that most people who are part of God's church never ended up in the Bible, will never end up in, uh, in behind a pulpit or in a limelight. They won't be on a platform. They're not famous. They are selfless. They are faithful people. They care more about the cause than they do their own interest, as Paul said about Timothy that he cared for those people more than himself. Tonight I want to, uh, to spend several minutes talking about some modern day heroes that have been friends of mine a long time who both recently passed away. I normally don't spend quite this much time honoring the lives of saints of God, but I really felt that these people were modern-day counterparts of Tychicus. Their names are Clem and Marsha Reaver. Our family has been blessed to uh, have a legacy of faithfulness. I was thinking about their family and our family. Our family, my family, was not always in the church, but my wife's mom and dad, Larry and Jenny Strom, raised them in church. Uh, my parents raised us in church. My grandparents were in church. My great-grandmother on my mother's side was a saint of God. And you've heard me talk about them through the years, and that's not my purpose tonight. But I really cherish a foundation of people who were faithful to God. This past Saturday, August 29th, I had the privilege and honor of being at the funeral of Clem and Marsha Reaver. Clem had died earlier. They only had a family service and Marcia's service and Clem's service were combined together. Brother Clem Reaver passed away on April 10, but due to COVID concerns, they could only have a family funeral. Sister Marcia Reaver passed away on August 25th, and as I mentioned, the funeral was this past Saturday in St. Louis, Missouri. Our family first became acquainted with the Reaver family when David Reaver came to Bible college back in 1981. He had just turned 17. Uh, my younger brother David was going to Bible college. I had a little influence there, and I had heard about David Reaver, and I thought it would be a great idea if we had David Reaver and David John's room together. They became very close friends and remain close friends to this day. But because of that, David Reaver became like a brother in our family, a younger brother to us like my brother David. He was at our house a lot and we did family things together. He was such an outstanding young man. He was already at the age of 17 an outstanding preacher. He was a fabulous musician and just a great young man. Halfway through his Bible college experience, he became my assistant youth pastor part-time and we worked together for a year and a half. When he graduated, he became the youth pastor was already assistant pastor, and I was able to focus on other things at the church, the Bible college, and the Christian school in Jackson. So David Reaver, his wife Christina, their children Brooke and Ashton are like family to us. Uh, Brother David Reaver is the pastor of Abundant Life Church in Baltimore, Maryland, and he's the district secretary of the Maryland, D.C. district. He also serves on the North American Missions Administrative Committee. 
And then separately, my, my family got connected to Nathan Reaver, the older brother, Nathan. When we went to work in the youth division, Nathan became president of the Missouri district, the youth president. And then when I became general youth president, I appointed Nathan Reaver to become the director of promotions. He went on to become the youth secretary and youth president and did a tremendous job there. But we became close friends and our families were just kind of intermeshed together because of those experiences. Later on, Brother Nathan Reaver went on to be the North American Bible quiz master for 17 years from 2001 to 2017. He was a blessing to thousands of young people and hundreds and hundreds of churches in all of those years. So Nathan and Melody, Angela and Ashley and their families are friends of ours through the years. And Brother Nathan Reaver serves as assistant pastor at the Apostolic Pentecostal Church in St. Louis, Missouri. So that's our connection. Now Clem and Marcia, uh, the integrity of the ministries of Nathan and David Reaver are not an accident. The impact of their lives, their faithfulness, is not an anomaly. There's a reason these two young men are such tremendous blessings in the kingdom of God. Their parents were not ministers like my, myself. They come from a good saint's home. I thank God for good saints who are faithful even though they're not famous. Most people are not famous. Though, you know, their parents were never the focus, but they were so faithful. So I want to share some things that were shared at their funeral about them. First, Marsha Reaver. She was born 1923, passed away this year at the age of 97. They lived in South Bend, Indiana. She went to a church there, Midway Gospel Tabernacle, Bishop Rao in South Bend, and uh, her brother went first and influenced her mother and sisters, and Sister Marcia received the gift of the Holy Ghost when she was 14 years of age. After graduating from high school, she went to Apostolic Bible College Institute and graduated in 1947. While there, she traveled singing and preaching the Word of God. And then... Uh, she continued to be a teacher, a minister of the Word of God throughout her lifetime. In 1951, she applied and accepted a job as secretary, a secretary, at the United Pentecostal Church headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri. She worked there till 1959, and then a shorter term later in the 1960s. In 1977, she took a job as in the administration of the St. Louis public school system as an executive secretary. She worked there until 1994, retired at the age of 71. When she first moved to St. Louis, she became a member of Apostolic Pentecostal Church. During her membership there, she was a Sunday school teacher for approximately 50 years. 50 years. And after retiring from being a Sunday school teacher, she would guest teach for various age groups. Her pastor Brother Steve Williford related notes of her teaching at prayer meetings that they held at their church. She was involved in music ministry, singing and playing her accordion in church. In 1953, she married Clement, Clem Reaver. And he became a member of Apostolic Pentecostal Church as well. And their pastors were Brother Branding, Brother Black, Brother Green, Brother Williford who still serves as pastor. 
Clem was faithful, just like his wife, Marcia. He was born in 1924 in Hamilton County, Illinois. He lived until he was 95 years old. His mother and father passed away in 1930 and then 1931, a year apart. Clem was five when his mother passed away. He was six when his dad passed away. He went to live with his grandmother. His sisters, two sisters, lived with other relatives. He graduated from high school, which was a feat in those days for many of the blue-collar workers back in that day. He went to the Army in uh, 1943, served in World War II, uh, 13 months and four days in the European theater. He held a battle star from the Northern France campaign and expert infantryman badge. He was responsible for men in training and their occupation duties. He was honorably discharged in 1946 that had the position of staff sergeant squad leader. He was a member of a Christian church in Springertown, Illinois, He would get there early and shovel coal for the furnace. He was the secretary, a janitor, and sometimes a superintendent. At times he would lead the service and serve communion. But in 1942, his sister, Marie in University City, Missouri, went uh, invited him and they went to Sister Swanson's church on September 13, 1942. And Clem received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. His diary, which he kept faithfully, marked it as a red-letter day. He noted, I can really feel the power of God. He closed that day's entry by saying, I love Jesus. He's all the world to me. The following Wednesday, September 16th, they went to a mission overseen by Brother Ben Pemberton. There he was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. That night when he closed his diary, he said, Praise Jesus' holy name. I want to love him better. He became a member, as I said, of Apostolic Pentecostal Church. During his time there, which was many years, he was a Sunday school teacher, served as a trustee board member at various terms. He endeared himself to the people there with his dry sense of humor, teasing, encouragement, the many notes that he wrote people. Are you taking notes on Clem Reaver tonight? Are you taking notes on Marsha Reaver tonight? Are you taking notes on Tychicus tonight? He had nicknames for people. He showed a genuine concern. He had a distinctive style of worship. He was a starter of worship. He would feel the presence of God and it would seem to spread across their church. Many people would not have known how sensitive he was to the Spirit. There was a time when his brother-in-law, Harry Hibbert Sr., was in a coma for more than 10 days following an abdominal aortic aneurysm bleed and surgery. Back in those days, most people died from that condition or would have had serious issues with their legs. There was a time that Clem felt led of the Lord. He cleared the room. He walked into his brother-in-law's room and prayed and shortly thereafter Harry regained consciousness and lived for many years with no more issues with that. On another time when Christina Reaver, his daughter-in-law, was expecting their baby, she had been in labor for over 15 hours and it seemed like there was not progressing and they were going to stop the labor till the next day. 
All that day, Clem had sat down in the waiting room there, hadn't said much, hadn't gone down to that room. But he just got up out of the waiting room. He walked down to the labor and delivery room. He stood in the doorway. He lifted his hands and began to pray in the Holy Ghost. He didn't say anything to anyone when he came in, nor when he went out. But a few minutes later, labor progressed. And it wasn't very long, 10.06 p.m., that Brooke, his granddaughter, was born. 1965, Clem joined the Pentecostal Publishing House as a shipping clerk. He stayed in that position for 38 years. I've been back to see him in his shipping position. I've received packages from him before and after I served there where he would write a handwritten note on a package. He would clip coupons from the newspaper, put them in an envelope, and send them to my wife for various items that she would buy for our boys, like maybe diapers when they were very young. 38 years. He retired at the age of 78. I saw the blue worker shirt that they wrote 38 on and many of his co-workers autographed it. They created a Clem Reaver Award, a trophy that would be given to different employees at their annual picnic. I had the privilege of serving there, I told you, and enjoyed seeing Brother Clem Reaver and sat down and ate lunch with him one day, asked him to tell me some things about his life. He had a very dry sense of humor and wry wit. He was a very smart man and could come up with the wittiest sayings. He loved quotations and pithy sayings and poetry and he would write in his diaries letters and notes. His family and friends were recipients of those letters with sometimes some interesting commentary, factoids, general clemisms or musings. When David, his younger son, went to Bible college and later when David served on the church staff in Jackson, nearly every day Clem wrote David a letter. In fact, he wrote until Clem retired and and David asked him, Dad, why, why did you quit writing me when you retired and had more time? And Clem said smartly back to him, I guess I ran out of things to say. But it's a conservative estimate that Clem wrote over 3,000 personal letters in his lifetime. At his funeral, David talked about the commitment of his dad to him. I'm talking about Tychicus, Marcia, and Clem Reaver. David was a tremendous pianist, still is. That's because his dad would drive David to piano lessons every week. When David took lessons at Gateway College of Evangelism, now Urshan College, it was a 100-mile round trip that he would take his son for piano lessons. These are faithful people. They're not famous, except maybe to a few people like myself. But they were certainly very faithful to God. Brother Clem showed a genuine concern for other people. His name Clement means mild and merciful, and he lived up to it. At his funeral service, Brother P.D. Buford uh, told a story about Clem. You know, Clem was a man of few words most of the time. If you got him one-on-one, he could get very philosophical, and he had a lot to say, he just didn't say it very often. When Danny and Jane Buford moved to St. Louis. They were raising two boys about the age of our boys, we all lived there about the same time, the Bernards, the Bufords, and other people there. And uh, so Jane and Danny Buford started observing how Nathan and David Reaver were so used in the kingdom of God. They're just outstanding 
men, their character, their ministry. So one day at work, Sister Jane Buford approached Brother Clem Reaver, who could seem austere at times, and she said, you know, Brother Reaver, Danny and I have been watching Nathan and David, and, you know, we know that the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. They said to themselves, it doesn't fall far from the tree. And so they wondered, you know, what have you done to influence your boys so greatly? Raising Brandon and Brad, they wanted to know. So Sister Jane is now talking to Brother Clem, and uh, she said, what did you and Sister Reaver do to raise two good boys who were so involved in God's work with their whole heart? Brother Reaver, he had this way about him. He'd go like, <clears throat> and he said, just one word, faithful. And then a little later in that short conversation, he said, <clears throat> faithful to God your church, your family, and your country. So today I join the Reaver family in honoring Clem, Marsha Reaver as faithful saints of God, the faithfulness that was a hallmark of their lives. Engraved on the burial marker for Brother Clement Reaver are the words, a faithful man to God, family, and country. Now, Marcia and Clem Reaver are just a lot like Tychicus. They're a lot like many of you that are watching tonight. I could tell stories if I knew all these details that Brother Nathan Reaver shared with me in the full obituaries of, that he shared about his mom and dad. They served in the shadows of great people. Their pastors were well-known. United Pentecostal Church. She was a secretary. He was a shipping clerk, sending packages all over the world from World Evangelism Center. Tychicus, Clem, Marcia were not famous, but they were faithful. And, and I want you to understand something tonight that, that if you'll think about it, I believe you know this. You can be faithful for a day, but you cannot be faithful in a day. No matter how much you pray, how much you read your Bible, no matter how spiritual or dedicated you are for one day, that's good, but that doesn't make you faithful. Faithfulness accrues in your life day by day by day. And by being faithful today and tomorrow and every day that follows... You can be faithful for a lifetime. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, the Bible said that, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That means having been examined at the end of a course of life. Faithfulness is not proven in a day or a week or a month or a year. It is proven over a lifetime. In his words to the church at Smyrna, Jesus said, Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. It should be our goal to be faithful to God. I, uh, I like to occasionally grill outdoors, as some of you do. 
And I have two outdoor grills. I have a Weber kettle grill, and I have a Traeger pellet grill. I love my Weber for steaks, meats, things that I want to sear and cook over a hot flame. You can cook low and slow, but it's not as easy. And you have to tend to it, and you can have flare-ups and flames. And I mean, you really have to monitor it all the time. The Traeger, though, that pellet smoker, you can set it and forget it. I've cooked on it all night long. I was nervous the first time and, you know, has an app and checked my phone. By the way, I got a great deal on it, just in case you're wondering. I like it for certain things, but what I really like about it is that you don't have to tend to it very much. It just kind of cooks on its own and it feeds the pellets and next thing you know, you have the product. I was thinking about people. You know, there are some people who are like my Weber grill. They need a lot of supervision. You've got to watch them, check on them. I mean, if they're faithful, it'll be because you inspect what you expect. You have to kind of stay with them. There's flare-ups at times, and there are people who are like that. But then there are some people like Tychicus and Clem and Marsha Reaver. They're kind of like that set-it-and-forget-it grill. That you don't lay awake at night wondering if they're living for God or not. You're not in question about their character. They are just faithful. And... Tonight, the focus of my message is that if you will spend every day walking with God and working for God, over a period of, like Marcia and Clem, over nine decades, you can be the kind of people that are heralded and you know, remembered at their funeral. Proverbs 25, 19 says, Confidence in an Unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. You get the idea that just when you need them, they will not be there for you. So I want to encourage you to become a faithful person. I noticed something about Tychicus. His name means fortuitous or fortune, fate or chance. And it was named a a Greek name, a a non-Christian name, chance. Maybe... But Tychicus was not that at all. He was faithful. It was not an accident. It was intentional. And as I mentioned, there are people in this church that are just as faithful. And I want to encourage you to be that way. So I want to ask you some questions in closing. Do you have a vibrant, growing, personal walk with God? Are you faithful to your commitments to God, your family, church, career, country? Is your word your bond? Do you keep your word? Are you dependable? Dependability is fulfilling what I agreed to do, even though it requires unexpected sacrifice. Are you the set it and forget it kind of person? Or does someone have to prop you up and continually keep you going to make sure that you're doing well? Are you faithfully investing your life in the kingdom of God? Are you faithful to God? Tonight, my message and my prayer is that you would be like Tychicus and Marcia and Clem and like a host of other people who have been found faithful by days, weeks, months, years of living for God and proving that the faithful God can make you faithful. 
Would you bow your heads and let's pray and then we're going to take some time to worship and reflect. Lord, I give you honor today and I thank you for your holy word. And thank you, Lord, for the larger-than-life heroes in the Word of God. But I also thank you for the people like Tychicus, Lord, who just have a mention here and there and little insights into character and into a life, Lord, that really made a difference in the kingdom of God. Most of us, Lord, will never stand on a grand stage. Most of us are not great orators or singers or people that should ever fill platforms. Most of us are people, Lord, who are best serving behind the scenes in the shadows of others. Help us see our roles, Lord, as contributing to the the whole. I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us be what you called us to be more than anything, Lord, that you would call us and help us be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.